0: hello everyone welcome to hardcore football i'm your host phil Baki. i'm joined as always by my co-host mika burrell mika how are you hanging in there
1: <laughs> uh hanging in there yeah it was a disappointing weekend i'm sure we'll get into it but uh no nah, I'm, I'm all right i'll be all right okay <laughs> how are you phil
0: <laughs> not not too shabby uh yeah good weekend uh overall but you know Football aside, um, a decent, decent Good. weekend, relaxing, you know, um, were you at least able to, <laughs> to enjoy some of your weekend? I, I know, I know you, <laughs> you, you self-medicated a little bit. Post, a little bit, post- yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, had a little too much wine last night, but that's okay. Um, and all weekend really. <laughs> no, yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Other than watching that horrific game of football. It was fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess first things first, we talk, uh, for, for those of you who are just finding this podcast for the first time, uh, welcome. And, uh, you can, you can find our podcast, uh, on all the big platforms where, we're all we're all over the place, but if the uh, if the platform allows uh, you to rate and review, and you and you do enjoy it, um, if you could rate and review the podcast, that would be much appreciated. Um, and uh, yeah, we've also got our our playlist, our Sounds of the Season playlist uh, on Spotify. Um, so if you search Sounds of the Season, you can follow along. We just choose me and Mika choose two tracks a week and uh, add to this ever-growing list of all kinds of rock um, and alternative music and yeah you can kind of follow along and and get into uh, what we like I mean Mika you you talk each week about how uh, you enjoy just putting it on shuffle and as it gets bigger it really does take you on kind of a roller coaster
1: it yeah it really does it's fun it's a fun one to just throw on shuffle when you're you know like cleaning or you know just doing whatever around the house at least that's what i like to do and after today we'll have 46 songs so that's nearly 3 hours of just like anything and everything
0: yeah that's awesome <laughs> so yeah everything it's, it's from fun. like pop punk to death metal uh so yeah
1: right exactly <laughs> all over
0: all over the shop um mika you might be leaning I mean, we may as well just dive right into this because Mika, for those, again, those new Mika, hardcore Arsenal supporter and the match of the weekend and, and really one of the biggest matchups in English football, you know, year in and year out, the North London Derby carries a lot of weight behind it. And this edition of the North London Derby, Tottenham 2-0 winners over Arsenal and I I don't want to set up too much in terms of how you're going to approach this. So, Mika, I, I want to just hand the floor to you <laughs> at this point and, and let you go oh, where no. you want. And then we can kind of talk through, you know, the, the unbiased lens. But I want to let you have some space to work through <laughs> how you're feeling.
1: Listen, like, I mean, OK, everyone knows now by now Tottenham. Beat Arsenal 2-0 at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with 2,000 fans in attendance. Um, so, you know, they win this edition of the Derby. They won the last one, too, if I'm not mistaken. And so, um, yeah, I mean, first of all, credit to Tottenham Hotspur. I mean, it, they played exactly the way Jose Mourinho wants to play, and we knew he would play, and he just made Mikel Arteta look extremely naive, (laughs) made Arsenal look extremely naive um, in general. And I thought it was just really a Josie Mourinho masterclass. I mean, it it reminded me of his first stint at Chelsea. Um, He loved to set up this way, let the other team have the ball, nick two goals, sit back. (laughs) I mean, this is, you know, the formula. And when it works, it really works when you have the, you know, the buy-in from the players and um, I think he certainly has at at, at Tottenham at the moment. Um, so you know, fair play to them. I mean, the the Harry Kane human son partnership continues to punish week in and week out. Um, you know, again, not something that Arsenal would not have been privy to. They've been doing this to teams all throughout the season, yeah. and uh, so yeah, I think I thought they played very well, but Arsenal just just shocking stuff. Like I I don't even, (laughs) I don't know where to start. I mean, (laughs) that is honeymoon period is, is well and truly over. I know last week when we spoke, I, I I cautioned against maybe ringing the, the panic bells and, you know, I don't, I still don't think it's, um, you know, we need to panic, but yeah, it's, it's just tough now because Mikkel has no we have we as Arsenal fans have no prior success or failure to to look back on when it comes to Mel Arteta because this is his first job in in you know a, a head coach slash well, manager role really sure, uh, sure so there's a lot of unknowns right now and it's just tough to to even speculate whether he can get us out of this because we have no idea. Um form in the league has been obviously shocking. I mean, even the win against Manchester United was, I mean, it was, you know, a consequence of the tactics and whatever, and they worked on the day, but even so, we're not playing scintillating attacking football, you know, and um, we put in like 490 crosses yesterday. (laughs) Like I just, that's a team that I think is, 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 Desperate and looking for for answers, you're crossing it to two strikers who are not known for their aerial prowess. Like it just is comical, really. And I mean, the memes are, are you know writing themselves on social media at the moment, <laughs> and it's it's tough as an Arsenal fan to see. Um, but yeah, I, Mikel Arteta has to come up with some answers too. And I, I don't know if he he weathers this. I mean, the the board and 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 um, Arsenal's you know brass. Seem to to be behind him, and obviously, like I spoke about last time as well, they seem invested in him. But this can't continue. This is relegation level stuff. I mean, we are. If this continues, we are the new leads. <laughs> no disrespect, <laughs> but you know, it's just not great. And and losing the derby. I mean, um, you always want to win the derby, but with this one, I just wanted to not lose, sure. <laughs> and you know, sure. we just didn't even do that. So, yeah. That's kind of my first thoughts on that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, going to Mourinho first, I, I I do think it's, I think the troubling thing about this Tottenham side is how quickly in the grand scheme they are becoming a Mourinho side. They're looking like a classic Mourinho side. I'm yeah. not saying that they're going to hit the heights of, you know, his trouble winning inter or anything like that. But they have the feel and they have that and they have the quality up top. That's the real difference maker because at yeah. United, he never had the the level uh, that he has right now. And, and it's no disrespect to the players at United because a couple of them have developed. Obviously, Marcus Rashford has has like come on since since that tenure and everything. But. Harry Kane and, and min Son, that partnership is among like one of the most potent in Europe right now. And they don't need a whole lot. I mean, they have three shots on target. They score two goals and both, <laughs> both of those, like obviously very good goals. I think the Kane chance or the Kane goal is, is, you know, a, a much higher percentage than the Son one. Cause, uh, Son it's a, it's just a, lovely goal like it's not even a banger I can't even call it a banger because he doesn't hit it hard enough to call it a banger (laughs) he just guides it it's a
1: banger in distance only (laughs) yeah
0: yeah (laughs) um but the that is like the troubling thing about this Tottenham team from a non-Spurs fan is the fact that Mourinho has turned this team despite not having I mean He's made a couple additions, obviously. Bale and Regulon, I think, has been a big, a big difference maker for them. But overall, he hasn't made any like massive, massive signings, and he's transformed this team into his own likeness. Um, and yeah. it's it's starting to get a little bit annoying uh, from <laughs> from someone who thought we were past this as a as a collective league i thought like we had left Mourinho behind um and now he's showing that maybe some of his pragmatism is is back in um in vogue if you will and especially in this particular season the spurs have benefited from it so um yeah in this one he handed arsenal a bunch of the ball and it really reminded me of the Obviously very different different circumstances, but it really reminded me of the 2 0 between Chelsea and Liverpool at Anfield in thirteen fourteen when uh Mourinho basically stopped Liverpool from winning the title and Brendan Rodgers was in a similar situation where he didn't know how to attack that that blunt edge or that like that block that they set up. He didn't know how to get around it. And mm-hmm. so you end up just pumping crosses into the box and, and hoping for the best. And yeah, Arteta found himself in a similar situation. And despite having 70% of the ball, just the two shots on target and can't put anything away. Although all, I think Arteta is a, is slightly unlucky because there were a couple of situations where Arsenal probably should have done better in the like Aubameyang has a chance that he should probably finish. Um and does in the past like 99 times out of 100. But there's just something about what's going on up front for Arsenal that that played right into Mourinho's hands.
1: Yeah, I think you're I think I know what chance you're thinking about where he takes it on his left when any other time Obama is switching that on to his right to curl it. Um, but, our, you know, all the world is in control of that situation the entire time. And it just Obama is a shell of himself right now. I don't know. I mean, yes. You know the service is lacking. We know, but even in those situations, he's he's tended to be able to create something for himself. And just the the body language, the the lack of belief to take the chance the way that he did. It was just. I mean, I thought Lacazette had a better game than than Aubameyang did. In fact, I thought Lacazette was one of the bright spots in uh, Arsenal's um, Arsenal's display yesterday. But yeah, I mean. Jose Mourinho, I guess, is in, and Tottenham are almost like a match made in heaven, if you think about it, or, or hell, whichever way you're looking <laughs> at it. Um, because I think it's much easier at a side like Spurs, and I really don't mean this in any disrespectful way, but just I think it's easier to have that that siege mentality and that underdog mentality, and it's us against the world and everyone dislikes us and blah, 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 than to, mm-hmm. to, to somehow convince Manchester United that they were underdogs because right. they're not, you know what I mean, <laughs> financially or otherwise. Yeah. So I think that that Mourinho style has been implemented really well at Spurs. And and I also am not trying to disrespect United, but I think they have better players. So that always helps, Yeah, um, especially in the striking department, as you mentioned. But um, yeah, and it just I mean, let's talk about the goals because I mean, <laughs> yeah, Harry Kane, uh, you know, Son's first goal, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice goal. I don't know what Leno can do about that. But at the same time, no one's getting close enough to Harry Kane to stop that pass. You know he's going to do it. You know yeah. Harry Kane is going to hang out at the halfway line and look for that through ball mm-hmm. to the wings. I mean, that's that's him now. That's Wayne Rooney 2.0. I mean, yeah. um, you know, Gabriel Magalhaes <laughs> yeah, is just kind of in the vicinity, doesn't get close enough to him. Um, and then, you know, once the ball is played, Hector Bellerin leaves Rob Holding pretty much having to decide, do I do I defend the run from Ben Davis down the wing or, or you know, and in, in the end, he does stick with Ben Davis and no one's getting to son. No one's trying to intervene, no pressure on the ball and it's in the net. So, yeah. uh, I, <laughs> and then from there, I just knew like he was, it was one, no, but it just felt like it wasn't going to be our day.
0: There's something about that song goal too, where you can feel like, and I don't know if this is retrospective on my brain's part of just like confirmation bias of my own like rightness, but it almost felt as soon as he, as soon as he got that ball onto his right foot, everybody knew what was going to happen. Like
1: it's so obvious. (laughs) The choice is obvious for son and, you know,
0: and he has such quality and, and, uh, can deposit that in the top right corner without without any issue. It's like it, I don't know. Like I feel like Christian about to make a basketball analogy for those who <laughs> listen. Who listen to Seriously Loco? It it's like Steph Curry unguarded from three. It's just like you leave him with the open shot. Son is probably gonna put that like into yeah. the corner and at least make Leno make a ridiculous save, which this one he had no shot of getting to. And then yeah, the second no. goal is that combination again. Like, it, it's really that link up in the box this time um, yeah. that leads to Kane, like, with the the fullback dive of goals to bring other <laughs> sports into it, but just, like, hammers it home.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, down down on the crossbar, yeah. it's. I mean, the counterattack before that goal, obviously, is a major talking point because Thomas Partey inexplicably leaves the pitch. I mean, when have you ever seen a player? I can't recall another time in recent memory where a player has taken themselves off. Like, (laughs) and for a player who is schooled, you know, educated in the Diego Simeone school of shithousery. Like I just don't get like that to me was so like, what yeah. are you doing there? I understand he's <laughs> hurt. And you know what? That's another thing about Mikel Arteta that I probably would get into is the man management. Like, should he have been playing? Probably not. Right. And and, he, and Thomas Partey on one leg was like our best player. But I digress. <laughs> the way he left the pitch, totally unacceptable. Yeah. Counter attack. Locezlo sees the space, you know, plays it through and, and, and it ends in the goal, second goal for, for Spurs. And so it's just disastrous all around.
0: What did you make of the... Because the matchup here kind of ended up being like two similar shapes, like kind of set out. I think Spurs set out to to really try to cancel out Arsenal. Like that's essentially how they set up with that Sissoko-Hoybier like double pivot that was just like the ultimate yeah. like effort midfield. Not really a ton of like finesse or anything like that in in what they were doing but Xhaka Parte is kind of a similar a similar vibe but Partey is being asked to do a lot more than what Mourinho sent Hojbjerg out to do or Sissoko out to do like
1: yeah, Part- yeah Partey's sure.
0: a lot more is being asked of Partey by, by Arteta in that midfield next to Xhaka
1: yeah, I mean, Partey has to cover for Jaka's many weaknesses and also progress the ball up the field because nobody's going to be passing it. No one's breaking the lines like we don't we don't do that at Arsenal anymore. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, you saw Thomas get up the pitch and and get past people. I mean, he yeah. played quite well for someone with a you know a nagging hamstring and probably is going to be out even longer now. Um, and then. I mean, Shaka just was Shaka. I mean, a couple times he was way up the pitch for no reason that I can, that I can <laughs>
0: discern. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. And the, the Hoy-Bierig-Sissoko partnership, I mean, they were just comfortable. I mean, we, you know, I said earlier, we crossed the ball so many times and in a way, like I understand it. Cause if there's no other way through, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um but if you don't have the strikers for that, then you need to have someone getting to that second ball and Sissoko and Hoiberg just mopping it up like all day long. Yeah. So just nothing about the way that we approached the game worked. We played right into Jose Mourinho's hands. I mean, it just, wow. Like it just was a lesson. <laughs> it was a lesson. Absolutely. For, for Mikel Arteta.
0: Well, and I think the... I think the talking point is hopefully these are lessons and not just uh, not just, um, you know, he's not just being beat. He's actually gaining something from each of these and, and being and growing, I guess like that's essentially like Arteta has to, has to learn from these moments in order for our, for this arsenal project to, to bear fruit.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you would hope so. But I, I worry when I hear Mikel come out to the press after the match and say they did, you know, Arsenal, the team, they did exactly what I asked of them. It's like, you are happy with this? This is what you asked of them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Unai Emery said the same thing and was sacked pretty unceremoniously. Right. Actually, Unai Emery was sacked in eighth place. We're in, what, 15th? I think 14th. So, 14th, something. I mean...
0: It's,
1: yeah, yeah. I think oh, the 15th,
0: FA... yeah fifteenth, a point yeah. behind leads uh, on thirteen points. My
1: goodness, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I obviously, I I hope so too. I hope he is learning from these things. But there there are things about Arteta's you know reign so far that I do have questions about. Increasingly, one of them being what I kind of alluded to earlier was the, the man management. I mean. When I heard Thomas Partey was going to start the match, I'm like, "There's no way he's ready. They were just saying days ago that it's his his kind of injury has no timetable because it's very much like you just have to see. you know right. I fully did not expect to, to see him until the new year. Yeah, and I get it. I get it. You want your best players to play. And there was some chatter that it was Thomas himself pushing to play, but you're you know, you're the manager. Make the better decision for the player, protect the player. Yeah, you know, and again, I think what he did walking off was crazy. Like, I don't think there's any. Just sit down, like sit down on the pitch. What do you, I, I don't understand. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's pretty shocking, man. Management uh, in retrospect. Um, you know the the Ozil situation. Another one. Yeah. Torreira. Don't know what he did to not get a shot in this team, and he's now first in La Liga with Atletico. Yeah. Duzi unceremoniously shipped out there to the Berlin. You know,
0: (laughs) who won in in the in the Berlin Derby this weekend? Also, yeah,
1: indeed. So, yeah, um, I think it's more than fair for Arsenal fans to have questions right now about what's going on. And the FA Cup obviously is an amazing achievement as as a new management as a new manager. And I think that that bought him a lot of you know goodwill. But I almost. I almost wonder if that did paper over some of the the cracks temporarily, and those are reemerging because I mean it's not good enough for our snow football club to just be a cup team, yeah, I mean simple as yeah and uh so very disappointing <laughs> obviously
0: <laughs> well um, well i mean the the question then out of this game or the big question, and it, this was asked by Fernie on Twitter on the other side is Tottenham for real? Can they keep this up?
1: Um this season I would say yeah. I mean I I consider them uh title contenders right now. Uh absolutely. Can they keep this up long term? I think that's actually more of a Jose Mourinho question. Yeah. I mean, you know, when his tactics work, when the players are on board, it really really works, but how long do you keep the players on board? You know what I mean? It's I think that that squad still needs some more refreshing. I think there's still yeah. a lot of, you know, remnants of that Pochettino side in there. And that was, that became the problem towards the end was just things getting stale. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I think they're for real this season. Yeah, but uh, we'll, we'll see, I guess, going forward after that. But I think anyone is for real right now, except yeah. Arsenal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, so. Uh, I think to go along with your point, I I think so much of this season is going to depend on dealing with the adversity of what this season has thrown. Um, sure. I, I think the availability and the, I would say the, you know, the history of Harry Kane is he'll have a period this season where he is injured for like, a you know, not, not a long time out, but he may miss like a month. Yeah. Um and depending on when that lands, when that period of unavailability is, like he could miss a pretty big density of games in a month. Like if it happens in December or January, he could miss, you know, some somewhere in the realm of like twelve games. So the <laughs> the yeah. I think that's the question is can this Tottenham like take a hit of one of these players who have performed so consistently for them over this run. Can they absorb that? Cause I think we're seeing, you know, other teams like Liverpool have to deal with like some pretty major injury issues. Um, and city hasn't handled it that well. Liverpool have been able to, to weather the storm a little bit. Like can Tottenham take a blow to one of their big players and still, these heights i think Mourinho's tactics certainly favor them in that sense because he could uh you know even if this is a a one nil or a nil nil it's not like the end of the world for them um because people will continue to drop points so if Mourinho maybe sees this season almost like the champions league where it's like win at home don't lose as much as you can on the road, but don't break your, don't break your neck trying to win games. Um, Just try to be consistent. And that's, uh, I don't know. I think, I think he finds himself in, in quite the perfect situation with Spurs right now. Um, And I guess his message from all or nothing Tottenham Hotspur is getting through. Like you have to be a bunch of, well, I'll say bastards, But yeah, he's turned them into into bastards.
1: Indeed, he has. And honestly, COVID football and and Mourinho tactics they fit each other very well because if you're still pressing right now, like you will be dead by the New Year's. I mean, (laughs) you know, Spurs did a really good job of conserving energy against Arsenal.
0: Yeah.
1: And. I think that them and other teams that are going to play a bit more attritional, I guess you could say may, may end up going the distance, I guess. Um, You know, the, the high press right now, that's, that's suicide.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I guess moving on from the North London Derby, we, we, there were other games that did occur in the premier league and, and we won't go too in depth into, into this too much. um, But United win three one at West Ham um this to me felt like a game that in the past a hundred percent slips through united's hands uh they go behind um but then they they rally for this this three one win um thoughts on on united actually like getting a tough away win and they've been better on the road this year than they have at home, all things considered, but they, they, this felt like a match that they definitely would not have gotten a result in, in the past.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, they do give up the, the, the goal first to Suchek at the far post. I think it was. And from there you kind of felt like, oh, okay, well, you're on the road, you actually have fans to contend with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the home team's fans are there in, in the house and um, it could have easily slipped away from them. But once, once Pogba scored that really brilliant goal from outside the box at Curler, um, I felt like they were in control from then on. And a lot of West Ham's chances after that were very much like speculative pot shots. Like Dean Henderson was able to catch a lot of their shots, like mm-hmm. just, easily catch them. Um, No bounces, nothing. Um, So, yeah. um, And I think too, this is a kind of game where you can really see what Mason Greenwood brings to the side with the pace, um, the technique, uh, you know, he scores his first goal of the season. And I think, I think with this result, United are undefeated still on the road.
0: Yeah. So
1: um, fair play.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a wild situation um, that, United are just i don't i don't understand, but the theater of dreams old trafford not living up to its moniker uh for united however <laughs> on the road they've they've been pretty brilliant um so far in the league and in europe, so um it's been uh yeah the happy hunting grounds have been on the road for for united um we talk Pogba. He scores a banger in this one. Just a lovely goal again. Like just a, a nice curler, as he said. But the questions are coming in, and Mino Raiola stoked the flames today, uh, saying Pogba is done at United. Although, in fairness to to United fans, like. I don't think it's the first time that Rayola has said something along those lines uh, mm. concerning Pogba. This felt a little bit stronger in the language um, than than in the past. But the question is from the shark on Twitter. Thoughts on Pogba wanting out of Manchester United and where is his best fit now?
1: I think I said it either last time or the time before we recorded Um I think Manchester United would be better off without Paul Pogba. Never mind Paul Pogba being better off without United. Right. Um I like Paul Pogba as a player. Mm-hmm. I think he's extremely talented. I think I think he's in danger of not reaching his potential. Sure. Um whether that's through a fault of his own or or coaching or, or whatever the case may be, I think it's it's be better for both parties if he moved on. I think it's funny that Mina Raiola is saying all this after Pogba has one good game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it, the the audacity. Um, yeah. But uh, you know that's his job. You know he, he's hated in in the industry because of how good he is at his job in representing these players. Yeah. Um. You know. So where do I think his best fit is now? Um. Truthfully, I think that. Pogba would excel in a side that's actually going to build around him. Now, who mm-hmm. that might be, I don't know. I think the obvious candidate, well, not not necessarily for building around him for but just straight connection is obviously Juventus. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I don't know that Juventus necessarily want or need him. I mean, they've got a glut of midfielders. Yeah. And really I think there's only enough wage space and uh, star power for Cristiano Ronaldo there. Um, yeah. yeah, I think adding Pogba to that mix could be potentially harmful to the group, sure, uh, and to a new manager and Andrea Pirlo. Um, but who knows? That could happen uh, elsewhere yeah. in Italy. Might be fun. I mean, Inter maybe. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, now that he now that he's a little more seasoned, Conte may mm-hmm. consider it. Sure, sure he loves he, he's not going to take him until he's like 30 so <laughs> um oh no my i goodness i think uh the fit for me and i think it goes along the lines of uh of building around potentially depending mm-hmm. on the moves of, of potentially other star players on the side currently but i think psg has made yeah. sense for a while and they haven't i mean they added what uh, cuz they lost they lost rabio varati has been like marginalized somewhat like in this team somehow um yeah. but i think i think pogba going to psg would be would be big especially if neymar moves and they can invest some like capital back into like yeah, or yeah, either or. But then
1: that's the that becomes the question too: is does Pogba want PSG if those players aren't there?
0: Yeah, and that's a fair question. Um, I think promises so. would need to be made about their investment, you know, sure. to to replace. Um, but yeah, I I think PSG would make sense, and obviously Pogba in France. Uh, I maybe it's yeah. a false equivalence of like. He plays so well for the French national team that I think maybe if he goes to France, he'll just be like better off. I just think that Pogba, the player at United, has done most of the good things that he has done over the last like maybe two or three seasons. I feel like he's done it purely out of spite. (laughs) I think he hates Manchester United. Like, I, I don't I don't know if that's true. But I just feel like he doesn't like playing there. Like, I don't feel like he cares about the club, like, the same way that other players at the club want to play for Manchester United. He is like, he just wants to be, like, among the best players in the world and saw United as a chance to, like, build up himself. I think that a lot of the hate he's gotten has been like somewhat unwarranted, but I think he now in return like hates the club and does it just to like prove people wrong.
1: That's interesting. I, I guess I've never thought of it like he hates United. I've just always thought that he just can't be fucked like
0: to do his job. I mean,
1: it's. It's just such a shame because I remember Pogba at Juventus and yeah. he had the crazy Mohawk and he was just spraying balls and scoring mm-hmm. goals. and just a joke like on his day. Yeah. Um, it's ugh, possibly one of the worst transfers in the last decade. Like, Yeah. For, both for like just how poorly it's gone, but also like the fact that he was in your setup and you bought him back. Like that's...
0: and Um, yeah and for it to go i mean it's not even just for United from united's perspective i think there's regret there from pogba as well and so that it it like adds to it when it's not not only is it not a good move for the club financially or or otherwise but it just hasn't been that good of a move for pogba either like it just yeah it's just been rough
1: indeed yeah it's I don't know. It's it'll be interesting. I mean, Real Madrid too. I think before yeah. COVID was a possible destination. Um,
0: Madrid's Madrid gonna will have to need, spend yeah. some spend some exactly. cash. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So
0: because they're gonna have to get him and a bunch of other like pieces. Uh, oh yeah,
1: they need to invest. Yeah, they've taken a little bit of break from the market, but they need to invest because
0: madrid is yikes speaking um, speaking of investment chelsea 3-1 winners <laughs> uh, at uh over Leeds, i should say at, at stanford bridge um the story here timo werner um playing playing defense uh at one point for <laughs> for Leeds, um somehow keeping out a a what looked a certain goal um <laughs> and then, uh <laughs> banging it off the underside of the bar and out um but chelsea proving proving too much for leads and uh and three one win like and not not particularly tough like they they handled leads pretty well, it seemed
1: yeah, I thought it would have been more of a challenge to be fair, um and Chelsea could have definitely won by like five or six yeah. um I thought melier. In goal for Leeds was fantastic. Um, definitely kept them in the game, uh, whatever that means. It ends up being three one. Um, Giroud, he's got five <laughs> goals in two games. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's insane. Perfect um, hat trick
0: midweek, and and then the uh, the brace here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was really really good in this one. Shout out Kurzuma like yeah. this is one of these players that I worried was also you know I mean I keep track of a lot of the French youngsters and I thought maybe he would fall off I mean when you see a player of his perceived potential at Stoke City it's always like uh what's happening here but he you know, always <laughs> come back to Chelsea and I think he's become very, you know crucial for them um in that partnership with Thiago Silva it works very well and he scores here he has more goals in the Premier League than fucking Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang so Cool. <laughs> um.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea finished the game with twenty three shots, eleven on target, so eight saves from Melier, which is yeah.
1: And and on the other side of the pitch, they only allowed like eight shots. So Lam- I mean, I've joked about Lampard on this pod before, but credit to him because he's he's got all these attacking pieces. They're all working for the most part. Yeah, and he has somehow fixed this defense. I mean, I, I took a look at at their last eleven matches in all competitions. Eight clean sheets. Yeah, like yeah, that is a significant improvement. Um, and you know, I think Thiago Silva obviously has a lot to do with that. You get that experienced player in there, um, who can you know marshal things and, and direct the back line. That always helps. Um, Benchoil's been excellent too. Yeah, Edouard Mendy obviously fantastic. Um. So, yeah, it really gives them that platform to just let the ZX and the Verners and the Pulisic's and all the rest, you know, run right.
0: Yeah, their 11 goals allowed in the league is second only to Tottenham, um, 11 Jeez. in 11 games, but Tottenham have only allowed nine um, with that, that Mourinho factor, I guess. Uh, but Lampard, the the student becoming the... Well, becoming at least on par with the master, I guess, as we as we move (laughs) the the first uh, the the big note, obviously, stateside is Christian Pulisic back from injury and gets on the score sheet. Timo Werner with an assist and and a a nice little run and cut back as well.
1: Yeah. The the fact that run was in the 93rd minute. Like, how do you have (laughs) the legs for that at that at that point? Yeah. Um, but yeah, the pow- the power of bearded Pulisic. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what do you make of the beard? I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> it, it, not f- not for me. I I don't really? know. Really, I just like I I get what he's going for, but to me, he just I don't know. He's still. It's almost like seeing a child with a beard. You'd be like, how. How are you doing this? I don't, I don't really get it. I um, I
1: mean, tr- truth be told, I'd never thought he could grow a beer that like, yeah. consisted, like <laughs> uh, it's, kind, you're right. It does look a little like cartoonish
0: almost. Yeah. It's like, how did this happen?
1: Yeah. But it's like genuinely like full, like it yeah. doesn't look patchy or like shitty. It's weird. It's yeah. weird, man. Credit
0: to him. <laughs> he, he spent the injury break. He's like, this is a little project I'm working on um yeah so anyways Chelsea Chelsea 3-1 winners and up to third um in the table just two points behind uh leaders Tottenham and Liverpool who got it was uh what has been a tough fixture for them especially last season it was a 1-0 at Anfield and then a 2-1 away at Wolves with a, a late Firmino winner um but this game in particular, and maybe, you know, obviously I'm a little biased, but this game in particular, it felt like the fans being back in the stadium played a pretty big role because obviously during the game, there's, there's impacts. But at the end, Klopp's mood the last few weeks has obviously been quite critical of, of what's been going on with the subs rule and like injuries. And he's been kind of down in the dumps. His yeah. post-match... He literally had a ear-to-ear grin on the entire time. He couldn't stop smiling. And it just, I don't know. I feel like there is a very like intense emotional component to fans being back. That And especially for a Klopp side that is emotional and, and is driven by his kind of strong personality. It had a pretty big impact on that team, I felt.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone knows Anfield's not really Anfield without the cop, you know, full and singing. Um, obviously it wasn't full here, but I mean, it's a start. It's it's some way back to normality, I would hope. Um, so yeah, yeah definitely. I, I I could sense that Klopp's mood has definitely shifted for the better. <laughs> um, and I mean, to, to beat the brakes off Wolves 4-0 <laughs> certainly helps, especially with what's still to me a makeshift back line and, um keller am i saying that correctly he yeah. is very good yeah um why is he playing by the way i know i know allison is injured is is uh, uh spanish adrian. Adrian. adrian is he also injured
0: uh i don't think so i think oh, this is a, a i think this is a shift in <laughs> yeah like i think Kelleher has won the number two uh shirt um mm. yeah queven Kelleher which is how it's pronounced, um, even though it's like C-A-O-I-M-H-I-N um, or whatever. It's Irish, like Gaelic shit. I don't know. Irish I can't really- and Welsh
1: people just stay making shit up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Cueven Kelleher. But I, I think... Yeah, it is a shift, and I think his Klopp's like taking this chance has has been fully repaid. Two clean sheets in a row, one against Ajax midweek, and then uh, again here against Wolves, and not for lack of like Wolves had a couple of chances, um, nothing super crazy, but uh, but Kelleher had a really good save from Klaasian on Huntelaar in midweek against Ajax to keep the clean sheet. And then in the 10th minute of this one, Daniel Podence tries to chip him and he gets across really well, like from one post to the other to to make the save. And he just looks. Almost too calm for being a guy who had never made a a league appearance like for Liverpool, and then he makes it in a covid season in the first game back in front of fans and he doesn't put a foot wrong.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I get big Emmy Martinez vibes from him, just like always in the shadows of, like, the bigger, yeah. more expensive <laughs> keeper, and then you get your chance and you're outstanding. Um, it's good for him, honestly. And yeah. I, I always like to see, like, players from Ireland and, and elsewhere, in the U, uh, also in the UK, sure. start for school. Um, just because I know they've got a lot of fans in those areas, so it must be fun for the Irish uh Liverpool
0: supporters. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean the nature of the goals. I won't. I won't go too deep into it, but the the way that Liverpool played, especially um, the the way that they kept the ball, the way that they were progressing the ball, uh, and eventually, you know the um, the opener. Well, Connor Cody, Liverpool Academy product, and. Lifelong Liverpool fan and Wolves captain, um, will he had a night to forget? Uh, and he, his mistake leads to Mosala's opener. He tries to chest the ball down, and Mosala latches onto it and, uh, and scores. He then dives uh to try to win a penalty and it's chalked off by var <laughs> when they realize that he dove. <laughs> um, and then he Kelleher actually makes a save uh from him from from like I don't want to say point blank, but he, he makes a decent save from him. So Connor Cody, not not the best night for the the liver but um but yeah the the highlight of the night in terms of I think the maybe the theme of the weekend was was these curlers because Jeannie Wijnaldum, who is known as the grafter of this side and like at, you know scores really really good goals for Holland, but isn't really able to to you know do the same thing in this Liverpool setup. Um But his goal, similar to the Son goal, in that it's Salah and Mane attract the defenders and make them make a decision and. Everybody backs off, and Wat Alden puts it right in the top right corner um and then celebrates with an ode to Virgil Van Dyke, which he has said is going to be his celebration until uh until virgil's back so um <laughs> yeah, so a nice little moment, and for the cop to see a curler like that it was it was just nice to nice to see something like that
1: you think he stays? I know that they've been trying to. In him but
0: i i hope so like i really i really want him to but the fact that klopp said i hope so when they asked him that in the in the post match doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence that Mm. like Mm. if he said i hope so then i i'm not sure maybe maybe Wynaldum has said uh, and i you know i know this has happened in the past where basically players will ask there to be like a like a moratorium on contract talks until a certain right. period of the season or until the season's over, and so um yeah, I'm not sure it it'll be it'll be interesting i i'm not it it does i don't know it feels like if he was going to resign he would have already, but maybe but, january yeah. maybe january is is you know when when he'll Make that announcement. I don't know. It'll be it'll be a closer run thing, though. I think he'll have options, so it's tough to say.
1: For sure. I mean, he's a very talented player, at, even at his age. At you know, twenty nine, still has a lot to offer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was obviously. Th- Madness in the Premier League, but we also have uh Bundesliga to talk. Uh I think maybe we'll take a quick break and then come back and talk talk some German German football. Let's do it. Welcome back to Hardcore Football. Moving on to Germany, Mika. The the match of the weekend and not just in I mean it was hyped as the match of the weekend, but it also lived up to that billing. Bayern Munich Bayern Munich three. RB Leipzig 3. Um back and forth, lead changes, some lovely goals as well in this one. Uh, it is this is one of the best games that you could have watched this weekend for sure.
1: For sure, definitely as a neutral for the fans that support these clubs. <laughs> not so much. Um RIP. <laughs> <laughs> the- there was some. I mean, this is a fun one, 3-3, three, three, obviously, but I just have to say, some of the defending was absolutely oh, yeah. atrocious. Yeah. I mean, like
0: <laughs> no defending. The first two just goals,
1: no, yeah, <laughs> strictly vibes. Like, <laughs> but there were some good goals in yeah. particular. I really, this isn't even like one of the like really like awesome ones, but I loved Nkugu rounding Manuel Neuer. Like, yeah, not many players have the balls, let alone the ability to mm-hmm. do that to Manuel Neuer and put him on his ass. Yeah. Um. And uh, the former PSG man does that to him to yes. open the scoring. And I just really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. Knew exactly what he was doing too. Like he had no hesitation that he was going, going around Neuer and that's, yeah, yeah the absolute set on that guy to to try <laughs> something, something like that. Um equalized by jamal musiala who mm. only entered the field because of an injury to javi martinez and uh five minutes after he comes on he scores the equalizer the 17 year old
1: yeah he's he looks like he's really going to be something special and i it's it's nice when you see those young players get time at these mega clubs like byron byron are defending a treble, and they're playing a 17 year old i think that's pretty impressive and it says says as much about him i think and it was a very good goal
0: yeah yeah another uh another one from outside the box uh this weekend and uh it looked it it felt in that moment uh and then obviously four minutes later thomas muller grabs his first and it felt then for me at least watching it felt like okay this is similar to what, what happened last weekend when Stuttgart took the lead. It's like they take the lead, Bayern equalize, and then Bayern take the lead. And it's tough to wrestle it back out of their control once that happens. But Leipzig goes straight down the other end and Clivert equalizes and kind of flipped the script on Bayern and, and made that inevitability that we've talked about uh, kind of fall apart a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, you lo- <laughs> Byron dominated the ball though for the most part, but the chances were pretty pretty even. And again, some of the worst defending I've seen <laughs> from this Byron side, not even just because of the high line and, and you know playing Neuer, you know, who is getting on a little bit as the sweeper still. But I mean defending's not great on Cloiver. He kind of just gets <laughs> past his man and is able to to, to put it home. But also yeah. The next goal, Forsberg, totally <laughs> wide open in the center of, of, of Byron's area. Jerome Boateng actually walks away from him. Yeah. And Nicolas Sula is not picking him up. I, I just don't understand. I mean, <laughs> terrible. Absolutely <It> was, <laughs> like terrible it was, defending.
0: It was... It was shocking, even for I. I, I think we've spoken about this Bayern team having some some defensive uh, question marks, mm. and Boateng, kind of as he as he ages, and then the injury to Kimmich has obviously affected the way that they that they defend. But that sort of error, where Forsberg, I mean, he's he's in you know the front line of Leipzig. He's not it's not like he's made a run from very deep and is not picked up or anything like that. He, he is an attacker. So you'd imagine that someone is tasked with marking him and at least handing that runoff as he comes into the area. Um, but yeah, he's just absolutely all alone. Uh, and, uh, found quite easily by by Mr. Worldwide Angelino, um, on Jolino <laughs> um on the left side to to take the lead. And Leipzig, it kinda it kinda felt like Leipzig might see it out um for for that about half hour um in the second half at the start of the second half, but that man again, Thomas Muller, he ends with a brace, he grabs the equalizer and despite him getting older and and obviously the whole german national team uh row that that came out with yogi love and and not being selected for germany anymore and all this stuff he just continues to to be important for for this Bayern side
1: yeah i mean we say that a bit on this podcast at Byron are inevitable, but even when they're not feeling inevitable, Thomas Muller certainly is (laughs) at times. Um, And, you know, he he bags the brace on this one. And I I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's still plenty useful to the Germany side. And and considering how shocking Germany have been recently, it it really begs the question, like, why he was so (laughs) (laughs) ceremoniously frozen out, like, just arbitrarily i guess based on age like i don't yeah, i don't know still very much a good player and, and can contribute so it's it's an odd one for sure
0: yeah and uh so with with the draw um the way that it ends byron remain top of the league uh just one point ahead of undefeated leverkusen who downed schalke quite easily um at the weekend uh i guess as you'd expect uh from that mess of a schalke side but <laughs> just 1 point behind them rb leipzig in third uh so a nice little um title race emerging dortmund just a couple of points back and then Wolfsburg rounding out the top 5 so um so germany with a nice little nice little group there at the top that's looking that's lo- looking pretty enticing in terms of uh Title challenges, but Dortmund this weekend. Obviously, Dortmund have gotten tons of hype this year because of all of the young, like fresh faces that they're that they're bringing through, and some of these players that are are coming through their system. Um, but this weekend, kind of adding on to last last weekend's loss uh, against Cologne, they they go to Frankfurt and one one. Um, they can't they can't find a winner uh and it feels like these are the sorts of games like once again Frankfurt one shot on target one goal Daichi Kamada uh opened the scoring uh and Gio Reina scored the equalizer in the 56 minute another american scoring abroad but this dortmund side it they're having a little bit of an issue uh, on the finishing front and not being quite as uh prolific as the the names kind of suggest. Um especially Erling Holland not really as effective recently um in, in the last few Dortmund games.
1: Yeah, not not as effective recently. And I think he's out for until the new year. Am I Oh, am I that's wrong? right. That's right. I think, I think he did actually pick up and knock. So uh, yeah, I mean, he was not firing on all cylinders prior and yeah. now they, now they've lost him. So,
0: yeah. and Julian um, Bront actually starts up top for, for Dortmund in this one, Um which is, yeah. A-
1: and, and Braun's a good player, but he's not, I wouldn't consider him like a prolific, like goal scorer. He's, no. he's, he's a creative type, I guess. Yeah. Um, I actually thought Frankfurt could pull off the win at this one they were at home at the Commerce Bank Arena and and they they've been drawing a lot. Mm-hmm. Um but you know another draw for this, this is their fifth straight draw. <laughs> so <laughs> they've got seven draws on on the on the season already. So um yeah. yeah kind of just like a nothing match at the end of the day but yeah Dortman um they're going to have to find some other solution. I mean Giorena really good goal has yeah, to be said really but, good um, is he does he play as a number nine I mean I don't know I, how, do, <laughs> how do they set up I guess
0: yeah it it's really interesting and maybe the maybe the one of the indictments of this Dortmund side is the fact that um, you know you obviously start the the more tenured players but uh, Jude Bellingham and uh yusufa makoko come on and Dortmund looked better uh after their introductions than than before so it's this Dortmund side it seems almost powered by by these uh these young talents that just don't have the any fear i guess coming straight into the <laughs> into the 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 first team but um But yeah, they have to settle settle for a draw. And Giorena's, I mean, his stock just continues to rise like at a at a meteoric rate. I think he was not one of the more heralded names um, in terms of this class of Dortmund. You know, with Sancho and Holland and Bellingham moving um, for the fee that he did from Birmingham City. Makoko has like obviously been uh, you know kind of this widely known you know, young player. So Gio Reina felt at the beginning of the season a little bit under under the radar. And now he feels like Dortmund's one of Dortmund's most important players.
1: Yeah. And I I you you have to be careful though, I feel like if you're Dortmund <laughs> not to like, you know, put too much on these players too soon or sure. you know manage expectations um i mean obviously russia Dorman are renowned for the way that they bring out youth and stuff so yeah maybe i'm overstating how perilous that might be but still um i mean they're still fighting in the champions league and um yeah it's it'll be interesting to see what they do and how Lucien Favre changes things without without holland
0: yeah yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting um, how they how they navigate this, especially now that Makoko has been introduced into the senior side. I know there was a lot of like anticipation um, surrounding his his, uh, you know, his debut and, and all of that. And now uh, in this one, he he's looked down the bench and looked past Torgan Hazard, looked past Marco Royce and <laughs> brought on a 16-year-old, you know, uh which is just seems wild. Um you know, when you're yeah. chasing chasing a win, um but I think too he's maybe acutely aware of Marco Royce and <laughs> torgan hazard's history uh and and perhaps sure. wanting to keep them as available as possible so maybe he's leaning a bit more on the young players uh just due to the kind of intense nature of of what's going on
1: it must be and i yeah i guess that's kind of a little bit why i worry too is is Lucien Favre admitted that he played holland too much <laughs> so it's like <laughs> I worry a little bit about the
0: 16 year olds uh, there but we shall see he's he's like look at the guy's legs like (laughs) he looks like a monster (laughs) he has legs like Quidditch beaters like that's
1: what that is
0: (laughs) like I didn't think he could be hurt you know like he was made in a in a laboratory so um, (laughs) yeah um (laughs) Uh, another, another result, uh, a tough one for, for your, uh, your fandom this weekend, uh, Gladbach, uh, went to Freiburg and, and it was a two, two draw, um, little bit of something going on with Gladbach in that they have been so, so good in the champions league and just kind of inconsistent domestically
1: inconsistent is exactly the word. Um just can't seem to string like two wins together in the Bundesliga this season and it's it's uh, I want to say it it's because of the fact that Gladbach is back in the Champions League. I'm sure that's hard to to contend with when you've been out of that that high level competition for a couple years now and then you have to fight on on both fronts. Yeah plus COVID. So, right. Um, you know, not that that's unique to, to Gladbach necessarily, but it just, that's the only reason I can see, because it's not like we're playing poorly necessarily. But um, yeah, I thought, truthfully, I thought that Gladbach were lucky not to lose, even though they dominated the ball, because Freiburg had a lot of chances. Yeah. <laughs> and Gladbach did too, towards the end. I mean, it was crazy. I I uh, watched the the second half, and it was just absolutely wild, like, Jan Sommer made a triple save to keep, yep. <laughs> keep things even. Um, and, and yeah, Freiburg, I think they'll feel hard done by it. <laughs> at the end of the day. They had a lot of chances, but, um, you know, with that being said, then I almost kind of say, all right, well, let's take the draw, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, play another, another curler, the theme of the week. That's a, <laughs> It's a great goal as well. Like
1: it's a great goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, though, like we can't like win like twice. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I thought this would be one that we just not sweep Freiburg away or anything. Like they're not like a terrible side or anything. But right. just I, I don't know. I was thinking like you know two one three one. Sure, um, but we just let you know Gladbach lets teams back in the game, and it's just very frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it, yeah, it's uh, it was interesting to see Freiburg uh, like put up as much of a fight uh as they did, being that they are you know towards the bottom of the table. Not they're not at yeah. the bottom. They're not Schalke. Um, but uh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just it's just I the mean, way facts. it is right now. Like, yeah, you can't. We can't sugarcoat uh what's going on in in the northwest Gelsenkirchen is uh, struggling um not that I expected them to get any sort of uh result over over leverkusen but um but yeah the the struggle continues uh even armenia Bielfeld beat beat Mainz as well uh this past weekend, so they climb oh, up to up to sixteenth um <laughs> the the moment of this Bundesliga weekend, though, and maybe the, one of the odder things to happen uh, in kind of recent memory uh, is Bremen versus Stuttgart. Uh, Stuttgart <laughs> Stuttgart forward uh, Silas Wamangatuka uh, opened the scoring for Stuttgart with a penalty in the, in the 30th minute. Stuttgart holding on to this 1-0 lead. For, you know, the better part of an hour. Um, stoppage time at the end of the game. There's kind of a miscontrol by a Bremen defender. Uh, Pavlenka, the the Bremen keeper, comes out to try to, to salvage something. He's nowhere near the ball. Well, Mangatuka's in behind. And uh is standing at the Bremen goal line, waiting for any Bremen player to get close before he scores now this is in stoppage time, and they have a they have a one nil lead he 's about to make it two nil whenever he decides to score, but he waits and waits and waits, and when Pavlenka gets close to him, he smashes it into the goal and is immediately accosted by primarily Davy Selka uh, uh the Bremen forward who did not enjoy what uh what, what Mogatuka did what did you make of this like time wasting goal
1: <laughs> i mean like it's definitely unique like i don't think i've ever seen that before um i i don't know i i thought it was funny i mean maybe i thought it's funny because my teams are not involved yeah maybe if i maybe if uh, one of my clubs is conceding that goal i'd be like furious i don't know it's hard to say (laughs) but um uh you know he's he's received plenty of criticism davy selka came out and said he was disrespectful he does get a yellow card i think for unsportsmanlike conduct at the end of the day yeah um but I, I looked it up, and this is what he had to say about it. What Wamanga what had to say, he said, "I have respect for my opponent in every phase of the game. With my second goal, I wanted to win as much time as possible for my team in this important game. I didn't want to provoke the Bremen goalkeeper and my opponent in any way." He said that on an Instagram post, apparently, and that was going to be my other my other uh, point, I guess, is like how is that any different from any other kind of like time wasting? Yeah. Like you know holding it in the corner or whatever. I mean this results in a goal so Yeah. It's you know Davey, it's very El- odd but
0: Davy Selka scores in the like shortly after this. So, <laughs> so, so
1: So yeah, so it's like there was still time for you to do that. Like yeah.
0: he's
1: time wasting in the way that any other would. I mean, it just, it does. It is funny watching him like literally walk it in. Yeah. That was funny and probably was like a little
0: rude, but I can, I can understand. (laughs) I can definitely understand where, where feel like he was kind of like showing them up or something like that. But Mm -hmm. let's, let's face it. It could have been much, much worse. Like, sure. I'm thinking of, he didn't do anything flashy in scoring the goal because he easily could have done some like real goon shit just he like he didn't
1: like travella it like into the yeah <laughs> like he rabona crossed it yeah, to the top could, like
0: <laughs> yeah he could have he could have done like a little spin and like back heeled it in you know like he could have he could have really showboated if that was if that was his intent then he didn't accomplish it. Like if if he was trying to embarrass them, he could have done the like whatever, like put it on the goal line and then get on all fours and head it in. Like <laughs> like he's playing street ball in, in Rio or something. And like, then
1: and then hit the Bafatemi Gomis like crawling celebration.
0: <laughs> <The lion> crawling. <laughs> yeah. So um so I think I think all things considered he I don't think he was trying to be disrespectful, but I can see why Verter th- saw it as strange because it's like just roll it in. You know, it's it, like you're in behind the it's an open net, just just score. But I, I don't I didn't see the problem with it. And the thing I find interesting is I think soccer fans primarily and, and football fans in general, there aren't a ton. Of like stilted, unwritten rules. In soccer, Mm -hmm. there's not really that same level of like, oh, you scored a goal, like act like you've been there type approach where there's like in American sports, people will criticize a player for celebrating um, or not being like classy enough, um, which doesn't really occur in in football the same way. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting where those lines exist and finding those lines, because this is like an unwritten rule. Essentially. It's not, there's nothing explicitly against what he did. And in fact, I I don't know that he should even get a yellow. Like, yeah, I thought the
1: yellow, I thought the yellow was harsh. I almost felt like the referee felt pressure from (laughs) Bremen to, to give it. I also thought that maybe there was a, I thought maybe some of the hesitation from Ramon Gaituga was because of VAR. Like that I feel be. like the body language of players and decisions in those like weird sequences is being affected by VAR. And so, yeah. that, I mean, I at first saw when I saw it, the highlight, I was like, "Oh, maybe he was like thinking it was gonna be like flagged off or something," and so he's just like looking around. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? I it's just one of those weird, weird things. <laughs> I've never seen that before.
0: yeah it was really odd and uh and (laughs) i don't know that we'll ever really see i mean i don't know that we'll even have a chance to see something like that again uh yeah it was just a very strange (laughs) sequence and and one that led eventually to uh a stuttgart win um so as we said uh Bayern or Bayer Leverkusen beat beat Schalke 3-0 as well and then today Hoffenheim get a 3-1 win over Augsburg which leaves the Bundesliga um as we said Bayern top Leverkusen in second Leipzig third um Wolfsburg fifth right behind Dortmund and then Union Berlin and and Gladbach, right there in sixth and seventh Stuttgart up to eighth um and yeah, and crazy. big credit to to Matarazzo who the Italian-American who has uh has Stuttgart I think well above expectations at the moment um and and playing some good stuff Um, so another, another victory for them in maybe controversial circumstances. Um, and at the bottom it's, it's, as I said, Bielefeld in, in 16th, um, and, uh, Mainz and Schalke rooted to the bottom of the table at the moment. Um, Kohn level on points with, with Bielefeld, but with a superior goal difference. And then Freiburg just outside of that, of that bottom four. So, um, yeah, it's starting to stratify a little bit in the Bundesliga. Um, but really tight at the top and and pretty tight at the bottom as well. So all to play for obviously. Um, just 10 games into the season, which seems crazy. It feels like there's been so many games. <laughs> like Not for real though. Uh anyways, um moving on, I think I think we head to Italy maybe. Um the big the big match of the weekend in Italy the uh derby della mole um the Tur- turin derby um Indeed. Juve to Torino 1 and the name like there's obviously a big story here for Americans uh with the Weston McKenney goal uh the equalizer for Juve but the story for the neutral is poor Torino. <laughs> like, yeah, they just cannot, they cannot get, catch a break again, especially against Uve.
1: Yeah. I mean, we saw them go up one nil and I think we texted like, hell yeah, like this might happen. Yeah. <laughs> but Torino, one thing that has been constant about them this season is giving up leads to lose. And yeah. they do it again in the Derby here. Um, yeah just Granata man struggling <laughs> struggle city and I, and I have a soft spot for them because um they they employ a certain Andrea Bilotti who used mm-hmm. to play at Palermo, so um I don't know man, Torino, they had chances, especially early, yeah, you know they score the one and then uh Bellotti puts zaza in who mm-hmm. I don't know why he doesn't score like I just i Chesney makes a really good save, but like he probably could have not taken the extra touch or like put it on his right foot or something, but it just, there were chances you gave up chances,
0: but if a game wasn't. takes place and Zaza doesn't waste a guilt chance, has the game occurred like that's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he has had some like shockers over the years. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, uh- it was it was so tough to watch them play well like play that well to start um and really come out of the gates firing against Juve uh and it it just felt like they ran out of steam like they yeah. couldn't keep Juve out forever and in the end it's a couple of of set pieces that undo them it's not Juve didn't pick them apart or anything like that it just it's second phase of a set piece that leads to the McKenny goal and then Benucci in the in the 89th with the the header at the back post and um just like that 2-1 to the old lady
1: yeah it's 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 frustrating I think for for Torino fans because they've always just been in the shadow of this giant club you know and um I mean I don't even know. They're they've got one win in the league. They're in the relegation zone as we speak. And so yeah, Marco Giampaolo has to figure something out. I think this squad's just simply not good enough. A lot of old players. Um yeah, I, I don't know. If they can survive the season, I think that would be a, a big achievement, to be honest.
0: Yeah. A weird uh like happening in this one was <laughs> Carlo Pensolio, a unused substitute on the bench for Juve actually was sent off um <laughs> for yelling <laughs> at the referee because uh they had had a goal disallowed their first their when they thought they had equalized um they had a goal disallowed for offside Benucci was in the eye line of the of the keeper in an offside position it was marked chalked off by VAR so When they scored the winner, when Benucci scored the winner, um, Pinsolio yelled at the referee, Why don't you disallow this one too? Like, basically, in a like, Oh, shit. Do something about it. And (laughs) the referee sent him off.
1: (laughs) Damn. I did not know that.
0: (laughs) I always, I always love seeing like, Cards and especially a straight red given to an unused substitute like on the bench is just there's a certain level of that like <laughs> disallow this like that's basically what he did um which yeah pretty unbelievable what a stat
1: Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> he must have been talking some shit before that like why yeah. that yeah. seems like such a an, an intense reaction for like the first comment. You know what I mean? He must've been like needling the entire time. Who knows though? That's hilarious.
0: I also, uh, (laughs) I really feel for, for uh, Torino because I, I can't remember who it was that made a, like a goal line clearance um, from Dybala um, right before the corner that McKenney scored off of. Um, So it was, he, he was celebrating. It may have been Leonco, but it was, it was a, Dybala has a chance like from very, very close in. um, And he dives across to, to clear it behind and, uh, and celebrated like pretty intensely only for them to then concede the equalizer shortly after, which just really (laughs) just, pain um <laughs> the uh but weston mckinney the storyline for for american fans obviously uh another american scoring abroad and his first goal for juve
1: indeed yeah very important goal for for the side and for him so that was so pulsage reina and mckinney on one weekend yeah too bad Tyler Adams didn't get a goal. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been that would have been it right there. The but cherry
0: on top. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Has that happened before? Like three.
0: It was. There was actually a stat I saw, um, and I'll see if our I'll see if our interns can.
1: <laughs> yeah, our interns are working late.
0: Um. It was. Something along the lines of I wanna say it was Brian McBride, like that era when him and Claudio Arena were which
1: Oh, I think I did see this. Yeah. It was him, Claudio Reyna, and somebody else that all scored on in one weekend as well. I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, here
0: we go. The previous time three Americans scored in Europe's top five leagues was on August 27th, 2005. Fulham's Brian McBride scored in a 1 0 win over Everton. Man City's Claudia Reyna scored the first goal in a 2 1 victory over Portsmouth. And Eintracht Frankfurt's Jermaine Jones scored in a 1 0 win over Nuremberg. Crazy. Pretty, pretty crazy. But yeah, for for father and son to be part of that same stat yeah that's awesome just very cool mufasa energy um the circle of life uh <laughs> <laughs> um across across area uh lazio beat uh Spezia 2-1 um so lazio kind of navigating uh, a tricky one inter Milan though saw bologna 3-1 Romelu Lukaku, it seems, is returning to, like, his full powers at the moment.
1: Let me ask you. Do you think he is, because he came out and said that he's a top five striker in the world. Do you
0: think so? Top five? I mean, (laughs) five? Top ten. I mean, Lewandowski Lewandowski's number one um, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh although he he's been kind of up and down start of this season, but he's been, I mean, over the course of the last year. I don't know, is Lukaku in the top five? I don't know. There's so many attackers now that aren't strikers, like that uh
1: Yeah, it's true. Because,
0: you know, if I if I'm thinking like best nines, I mean, he's maybe in the conversation. Aguero hasn't been healthy enough. Like to be to warrant being in the conversation, mm. at least recently. Suarez, not at that level, I don't think, anymore. Um, certainly, you know, it's because in terms of goal scoring, you know, Messi obviously would be in the conversation, but is he a striker? Not really, it's not really, not really. And really. Not, yeah. And that's what Sala and Mane kind of fall in the same. Category for me, same as you know, like so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he is almost by. I mean, Benzema is probably in the conversation still. Um But yeah, yeah. maybe does maybe Lukaku edges. Maybe into he's the top like five. fifth. He might be fifth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I will say this. Early I think Holland he's is the, probably
0: in the conversation as well. Sure. At the moment. Sure. When healthy, I guess.
1: I will say that I think that Lukaku is the best type of striker that he is, like that
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> like big, strong, but also like complete right. striker. Like he can do so much. He can. Um so yeah, I mean, he's excellent and a, yeah. a player that Manchester United he didn't suit Manchester United, but they also didn't get the most out of him. So right. I'm I'm glad to see him doing as well as he is.
0: The the other uh, I guess notable results Roma Sassuolo promised much but ends nil nil and Sassuolo actually have a goal uh, chalked off by VAR as well a offside decision um, when it looked like they had taken the lead kind of late on in that one um, so that remained a deadlock um, Napoli though uh, a second consecutive four nil win with a four nil over Crotone, and keeping pace uh, certainly at the top of, of Syria. Uh, is it worth wearing those? I Well, what do you make of, of Napoli's commemorative Maradona kits, the, the, the blue and white stripes?
1: I love
0: them. I think they should ditch any other design immediately.
1: They are favor- so
0: fired. <laughs> they like should, they shouldn't wear anything else ever again. Yeah. No, like this is it yeah
1: this is the kit yeah <laughs> it's they are beautiful like i can you buy them because I would, yeah i would like one like no, that's they are actually, gorgeous that's
0: a good shout because yeah and if you haven't checked them out um it, it's certainly worth it uh the goals in this one insigne lozano diego demi and andrea patagna but uh insigne kind of ran this ran the show he scores the opener and then his pass for lozano's goal is just out of this world
1: yeah it was a crazy crazy pass and lozano man i he's doing very well mexico fans would be pleased
0: yeah yeah absolutely um milan top of the league and they continue their winning ways Two one over sampdoria in in genoa uh, and cassier and Costiho, the the goal scorers, um, they just continue to kind of do the business Milan. Like they're looking like a solid side. Like it's not. There's nothing really that crazy flashy about the way they're they're going about it. But they're just getting the job done.
1: They're getting a job done, and it's them and Intertop. Like, what year is this? Yeah. <laughs> with Napoli and then Juve in fourth. Like, yeah. I, I fucks with it. Welcome, like.
0: <laughs> welcome to two thousand two. Like this. Is
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, is is Setiaw finally like back, or is it almost back?
0: It could be. It could be. This is uh this is quite a time for them. Um I think they're I enjoying like, they're enjoying the quarantine the, the quarantine football right now.
1: For sure. I just feel like if they can really nail the next like broadcasting partnership here in the States, yeah. then it could explode. Yeah. Because I mean people want to watch Weston McKinney, I'm sure, and Cristiano Ronaldo and, and whoever else. Um but that's the only thing about watching city guys. Uh, sometimes it, the broadcasting is trash. Yeah, but uh, the football's oh, yeah. good.
0: No, it's <laughs> there's oh, huge
1: it's, teams in that league, so
0: yeah, it's great. I think I think if they because the Bundesliga has shown that ESPN Plus can be a good move,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it I think it takes a very specific approach, and and definitely the broadcasters are a big part of that. I think the Bundesliga has spent a lot of time cultivating english language broadcasts um right over the last like four or five years and and really getting hold of some some quality broadcasters on their world feeds um italy has not done that (laughs) yeah i think it's safe to say and and so until they until they have yeah that quality english language broadcast i think they'll they'll struggle a bit but um but overall i i I do love a lot of the games that have been happening in Syria and they've been super fun to watch. Um Definitely. and as you said, the Milan team sitting top, uh AC Milan top top of the league and a 5 point gap now between them and Inter. Um Napoli down in third level with Juve on points but Napoli ahead on goal difference and then Sassuolo and Roma and Lazio roaming out the, uh rounding out the top the top 7 and Hellas Verona sitting 8th and just 3 points behind Sass in 5th so they're i mean this is kind of and above Atalanta a little little bit of a weird yeah, Atalanta
1: have been like kind of bad
0: yeah <laughs> Atalanta to me are and this is not meant as shade this is just meant as kind of. I think this is the reality. I think their Champions League campaign has taken the toll, similar to Gladbox. Like,
1: sure, sure. The yeah. depth
0: maybe is not on the level of of those teams that are above them to be able to handle that extended campaign.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Um, and then, Torino, unfortunate Torino sit. 18th now um in the in the drop zone along with genoa and crotone and so a lot of work to be done um for uh for torino and and maybe 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 the moral victory of almost beating juve will start to drag them out of the (laughs) out of the doldrums but Uh, we we shall see Um, well Mika I think uh, maybe we take a quick break and then uh, we'll round this thing out with some La Liga and Champions League let's do it welcome back Mika the La Liga weekend can be Pretty much summed up. No, maybe not by one result because there was obviously plenty that went on. But the result that, that everybody was talking about by the end of the weekend was Cadiz to Barcelona one. And uh, the manner in which this game played out and the way the goals came about, it felt very current Barca because it was just a mess. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It was a mess, and yet Messi was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it and it still wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, Barcelona are 12 points off the top league leaders, Atletico de Madrid. I don't think anyone has ever come back from that deficit to win La Liga. Now, if anyone is going to do that, it could be Barcelona, and it could be in this season because <laughs> everything's just, you know, logic has completely left us. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't think I may be mistaken, but I don't think anyone's ever made that difference up. So I think La Liga's finished for them before Christmas. Um, But Cadiz, man, like shout out. They've now beaten Barca. They've beaten Real Madrid. They've beaten Athletic Club. The three clubs have never been relegated. Yeah. Um, And I think this (laughs) might've been their first win at home. So just like, claiming some big scalps out yeah. here in southern Andalusia so
0: and for a team that went down so recently and then obviously came back up um and yep. with Alvaro Negredo leading the line um it just yeah it's just Middle such a legend yeah <laughs> It's such a crazy yeah I don't know I think I think it it obviously has gotten tons of play because of Barcelona and, and this high profile kind of uh the struggles that they're going through but um but this is a massive story and 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 the you know like you said the the teams that they're beating and the fact that now they <laughs> they sit in 5th is just crazy like I mean, Hells Verona in eighth is one thing in Serie A, but Cadiz in fifth and above Sevilla and only, (laughs) only two points behind Real Madrid, like that's insane. Like this is even after just twelve games. It's this is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, it's insane. And like again, look at the squad. Like I'm not gonna lie, I don't know most of these players. (laughs) (laughs) um, Obviously, you know Alvaro Negredo, but I mean. They are definitely overperforming. Um, yeah. So good on them. They have Celta Vigo next, who Celta are kind of having a resurgence right now as well. They they hired a new coach, and that seems to be bearing fruit. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll see if they can keep it up. If they can if they can stay up, I'm sure they'd be thrilled.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the target is promotion or is <laughs> avoiding survival. relegation. Um, but yeah, their, uh, their whole, I don't know, I guess maybe get as high as you can and then hope, hope that the fall isn't too, uh, isn't too drastic. Um, but this was, this was a weird one for Barcelona because as you said, Messi played quite well. Um, and they end with eight shots on target, but the, the goal is actually an own goal. So the, uh, Ledesma, the, Cody's keeper makes 8 saves um and uh and keeps his team you know keep, gives his his team the win um but 83% of the ball for Barca in a in a loss um it, looking at the numbers it's it's almost comical when you look at you know almost 900 passes completed um oh god but just this Barca side, like they, they just are a little blunt at times. Like they, they're just, and with with the struggles going on between, you know, pick your poison, I guess, like Griezmann or whoever you would like to point out from the attack, Coutinho, I think is is taking quite a bit of of stick from Barca fans at the moment. Like Braithwaite up top, we we praised him last week, but this week looked kind of like out of sorts it there's just it's just not a lot uh, to to cling to in a performance like this where you should be with that amount of the ball a team like Barcelona should be creating just loads of chances and being that kind of overwhelming force
1: yeah I mean you can't convince me that this Barcelona could not use a certain Luis Suarez I mean (laughs) Martin Berthwaite fine perfectly functional um can act as you know someone to play off of for Griezmann and the like but he is not Barca number nine quality like starting in and out every week um that that just uh, that it's just a shambles like this this is a yeah I don't know (laughs) Barcelona man. they're just strange very strange um the league is done for them and they've they've got to put this out of their mind quickly because they have Juventus coming up
0: yeah so
1: yeah 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 no
0: yeah it's a guy the struggle is real right now for for Barcelona and and throughout the throughout the league um so Vigo get a big two-nil win over Athletic Club um and uh they climb up out of out of the relegation zone. Um so definitely decent signs uh recently with two wins in a row for ever since that new manager appointment um for Kelta. And then uh Levante as well. 3 0 win over Hatafe, which is another pretty good result and and uh, would have been seen maybe as a shocker early on, but uh the way Hatafe started. But Hatafe now <laughs> struggling recently. Um, and it seems like all these La Liga teams are just trying to ride these waves, of, like climb up to fifth and then crash back down. Um, <laughs> uh, rail Madrid beat, beat Sevilla. Um, another, another one. So the only goal in own goal from Sevilla and Madrid again, like, I mean, three shots on target, like, it kind of summed up both these teams where Sevilla only had two, but both these teams kind of have that, I don't know, like not really much of an attacking identity. And in fact, Madrid concedes 63% of the ball to Sevilla away from home. Kind of a weird vibe for Madrid.
1: Yeah. I was kind of disappointed in Sevilla to be honest, because they seem to, sacrifice the fixture against Chelsea in Europe for, th- with this game in mind, I think Julian Lopetegui wanted to get one on Madrid after everything that went down. And, and yeah. um, it's disappointing in the end. Um, I was hoping Sevilla would, you know, take this opportunity to, you know, they, they rested some players for this match and it just did not bear fruit. I guess the quality showed from Madrid on, on the day, but i um, still just one nil and not, you know, they didn't, blow the doors off them or anything, but yeah, I was a little bit disappointed.
0: Atleti uh saw off Valladolid 2-0 and uh Thomas Lamar on the score sheet. Not very heralded, obviously given the kind of rise of Zhao Felix and and his kind of focal point in this Madrid attack. But Thomas Lamar uh maybe back into a lesser role with Atleti, but maybe able to contribute more from not being the or not having that weight of expectation?
1: Yeah, he's been he's been pretty decent this season. I, I it feels kind of like he's starting to build a partnership with João Felix. Um I think this was his first goal for like a year and a half or something crazy like that. I mean it's not been it's not been great for him at Atleti, and he was a player that that I mean Arsenal very much were linked with and were interested in. Um, but yeah, he's been very good. I think the style is changing a little bit with with Joao Felix's emergence, you know, finally I guess emerging, um, and that's helping Lamar. So long may it continue because he's he's very talented and um, still young, you know, still only like twenty five. So yeah. So um, I think there's more to see from him.
0: Atleti's closest challengers or at least recently closest challengers via Real and Real Sociedad uh, both seeing just nil-nils this weekend uh, running out of gas a little bit, these two, just like maybe maybe the, the fixtures piling up a little bit too quickly um, for the two teams that... I think everybody was a little surprised to see towards the top of La Liga.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, neither. I I checked out a little bit of these games. Neither of them were particularly great. Um, No. (laughs) As far as, you know, chance creation and the like. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, David Silva, is he back? because I think that would help Sociedad that a lot if they could get him back but yeah um yeah I mean you're going to have these random games but so that I think are coming up against Napoli in the Europa League if I'm not mistaken so that's that could be a fun one
0: absolutely um
1: yeah so we'll see Villarreal play Carabag. I could not care less so <laughs> <laughs>
0: um and then Betis we talked about Stop the slide um, and 2 uh, 0 win over Osasuna. Obviously, you know, I think expected in terms of Betis, you know, should be beating Osasuna, but uh, good to see them back to winning ways and maybe the crisis easing a little bit.
1: It's so funny because, like, for once I didn't watch them and they won. So <laughs> cool. Um, they have seven losses, but this result shoots them to eighth. <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, the, it's just nuts. Like, just how insane all the tables are. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, I'll take it.
0: The, uh, the last game of the weekend was actually brought up by, uh, Jake Konecki on Twitter. Just, uh, said both Brighton and Valencia, two teams that he supports, uh, played today at one. Um, who do I need to call to complain? Um, Valencia drew nil nil at Ibar, and I mean, Jake. I'm I, I. don't hate on anyone, but I think they may have done you a favor uh, if you watched the Brighton <laughs> game instead. Even though I think did uh, now that I'm thinking about it, Brighton may Brighton have, lost. They got didn't yeah. They, they got uh, they got beat by South- Southampton.
1: And I f- think James Ward Prowse did something again.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable like he's automatic. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: and Ings is back. Danny Ings yeah, is
0: back. Danny Ings and back amongst the goals with the with a penalty as well. Um Yeah, so sorry Jake. Yeah, sorry. It's I mean, <laughs> it's been uh it's been a rough one um for for more than just you. <laughs> as my co-host can can real talk. Live up. <laughs> um but I mean La Liga as we leave it behind, Atleti. It just looks like it's it's theirs to lose now,
1: I know I know as as we get kind of towards the end of the year and into the the second half, it's gonna be very interesting to see if they could keep this up. They're so adamant they're not the favorites, but I think it's pretty clear they are, given the struggles of the two classical sides, so
0: yeah, well, as we kind of broaden our scope out to Europe coming up tomorrow and uh and wednesday we've got the final match day of the champions league group stage and then likewise in the europa league uh we've got the you know the the closing of the of the group stages um on thursday so first things first as we we spoke about jake uh and and he brought up He just said, can y'all show this goal some love? My favorite goal of European competition this year. The goal he's referring to was scored by Dario Visinger of Wolfsburger AC from Austria. And it is a screamer. Mm -hmm. And it's against CSKA Moscow um, in Moscow. And the keeper for... CSKA is Igor Akinfeyev the <laughs> Russian national team like long time Russian national team goalkeeper yeah. um who has absolutely no shot in hell of saving this of saving this as it thunders in off the crossbar
1: yeah and the and Visinger's got like the perfect window of space to like shoot it I don't everyone's just kind of Not closing him down. And still, (laughs) though, he's got a lot to do to to put that in. And I am... Were a little worried about his safety. I would never score a banger like this in Russia. Like that's how you get disappeared.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's but, not, uh, yeah, no, it's a very good goal. It's not a great angle to shoot from. Like it's not really, he doesn't have a ton to aim at his only chance is to hit it with the dip that he does to get it mm-hmm. up over out of the reach of Akhenfeyev, but also in off the crossbar. Um, it's right it's perfect it's unbelievable like it doesn't yeah. even seem possible when he hits it which is the best type of goal
1: plus like for me and at least a goal is actually like a goal point five when it hits the crossbar like that just oh yeah just adds uh, that's something for me that je ne sais quoi so <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
0: um that's a great goal and, and i do appreciate uh Jake sharing that he said his favorite of European competition so far. I think you you may favor a a certain Alexander Lacazette strike uh, from from that game against Rapid Vienna.
1: That was a good goal. I you know I will say I think this one's a little bit better just yeah. because. The Laka one is very powerful, but I think also the keeper like fucked up yeah. <laughs> on that one a little bit. I so think,
0: I think the Laka shot swerves so much it that it bamboozled him. Like that's true, but, probably true. But in fairness, yeah this this goal is hit pretty straight, and still mm-hmm. the keeper can't get to it. So um, so yeah, I, I yeah the the Visintjer goal is, is is absolute screamer. Um, so with us headed into the last match day. I wanted to just kind of go down the list and round out the groups that are, you know, kind of where everybody stands and, and what to watch um, going into this last match day. Um, So, I mean, starting at the top in the champions league, Bayern have long locked up the group. Um, So no drama there, but, Interesting that Atleti actually go into this final match day needing a result to mm-hmm. to guarantee second place. Um, RB Salzburg could sneak in ahead of Atleti if they slip up
1: indeed they could especially if dominic solslide decides to do a madness <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> which he's
1: been very impressive in europe so uh stay woke atleti um <laughs> i said it was going to be tricky for them yeah that uh they needed they probably should have won last time out so now they're they're really yeah they really have to get a result here to yeah. to advance
0: and it's it's salzburg versus madrid so salzburg can go out and and just play with, you know, they have to win. So they mm-hmm. they just can go out and play a little bit without fear, I think. Um whereas Atleti maybe mentality wise, if they get focused on the draw, you know, right. Might not be enough in the end if if Salzburg nick nick won right towards the uh towards the end. So a little bit of an interesting group. And I mean in theory, if Salzburg lose Lokomotive Moscow could Sneak ahead of them into the Europa League. So there's a little bit of of I don't think Lokomotiv will have much chance of getting a result against Bayern. But, you know, you never know uh, with Bayern having the top spot completely locked up, we could see their their U15s out there
1: true true and i mean why why wouldn't you you know save the Lewandowskis for things that matter
0: <laughs> and they still might in fairness Bayern's u15s may still be locomotive uh like <laughs> it's true from what we've been seeing jamal musiala like you know if that's the quality that they're they're bringing out uh um, <laughs> so group b close to your heart mika munchengladbach top um but just a single point between them them and Shakhtar and Real level on seven inter Milan with five. So all three teams entering the final day within three points of top spot, which means anything, literally anything can happen.
1: How funny would it be if Real Madrid finished bottom of the group? (laughs)
0: Like I, I, I don't know if it's funnier. I can't tell what's funnier. Like, I can't tell if it's funnier for a European giant to be out of, to crash out of Europe or to land in the Europa League, like having been in the Champions League.
1: Yo, yes, I changed my mind. I want Real Madrid in the
0: Europa League. (laughs) Real Madrid in the Europa League is just so, it's almost jarring in how strange it would feel. Um,
1: like enjoy Carabao away, like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, Sevilla will be unable to enter the Europa League this, which this they're probably season.
1: furious about. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's hilarious.
0: Um, yeah, with these matches, um, the matches set up the way that they are. It's Munchen Gladbach versus Real Madrid, and uh, Gladbach. Looking to maybe get one over Madrid because the last time out they outplayed them, um, but didn't get the result. And then Inter Milan against Shakhtar and Shakhtar has been very good uh, throughout throughout this group. I think defying expectations. Did um, they do the
1: double over Madrid or is that a yeah. dream? They did. Yeah, okay.
0: double over Madrid. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and then a pair of let's see. Um, I want to make sure I'm not making this up. Yeah, so the 2 wins over Madrid, a draw against Inter Milan, and then two losses to God. and then, Gladbach, and then two Gladbach. two losses to Gladbach. Yep. <laughs> it's so weird. They have gotten the, they've gotten points off the other two teams and Gladbach was the only team to to beat them twice, but um but yeah, so everything to play for in in group B. Um group C not not very interesting, City and Porto, um you know yeah. have, have the top two spots locked up Olympiacos and Marseille are playing for the Europa League at this point um Olympiacos ahead on goal difference uh for that um group D Liverpool uh have top spot locked up um after that win at IA or against Ajax uh last week so Atalanta and Ajax Playing for that second that second spot um, while Liverpool take on Mitchell and in a in a dead rubber. And I'd be shocked if any Liverpool starters see the field. Um yeah. but Atalanta Ajax as that final group game, that's that's a pretty awesome matchup to have with everything to play for.
1: It is. It is. I hope it ends like five four or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> lots of to lots of hold the advantage by a single point so a draw would be enough uh for them to go through but Ajax still in with a chance uh if they can win um Groupie, another one with not a ton going on Chelsea and Sevilla uh have the top 2 spots locked up Krasnodar uh actually holds enough of an advantage over rene that they probably are going to the europa league so not much going on um in group e uh group f uh little little weird in that dortmund uh lazio and club brugge are all within three points of each other so there could be some shuffling that goes on in in this one and dortmund not in the best form at the moment
1: No. Yeah. They lost last time out, I think in, in Europe. So yeah, crunch time, crunch
0: time in group F. They're playing Zenit. So um, we have seen in the past, Dejan Lovren sink Dortmund in the Europa league. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So he could, uh, he could play spoiler once again, but Lazio versus Brugge um, Lazio defeated Dortmund last time out. So carrying some confidence into the, into this matchup. So I don't know. Dortmund Dortmund will have to be professional against Zenit who ha- have just a single point though so far this uh this campaign.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um the big the big match, the biggest marquee matchup of of the round, uh Barca Juve also carries little significance in that despite Barca's domestic struggles and the disarray around the club, they have quietly won all five of their Champions League games so far. Yeah,
1: they've been excellent. I mean, with a goal difference of 14, I mean, conceded only two. They're just two different teams right now (laughs) in La Liga and in Europe.
0: Um, Although, in fairness, the Dinamo Kyiv and Ferenc Varos, uh, maybe not. So Barcelona would be an absolutely top side in Ukraine or Hungary.
1: Ouch. (laughs) Damn. That's Uh. (laughs) it's funny that this match means nothing, yet it's being billed so huge because it's it's Messi and Ronaldo, and I just think it would be funny if they were both like benched. Yeah. (laughs) Like just fuck you to the broadcasters. I mean
0: if Kuman was smart, Messi will be nowhere near this.
1: (laughs) But he's not smart. (laughs) (laughs) i guess that is i guess that is
0: the thing um for me and it's funny to say this as a as a liverpool supporter but for me the group to watch group h Mm -hmm. united psg rb leipzig all level on nine points entering the final match day (laughs) and literally all to play for um united having a a big victory over leipzig previously leipzig now have the chance to effectively knock manchester united out of europe if they get a win um Mm -hmm. or not out of europe but out of the champions league and uh and psg just need any sort of result in that case um I think a draw for PSG is actually enough to take them through regardless because of the tiebreakers because they've beaten Leipzig. So yeah, I'm not sure, but either way, United PSG Leipzig, any, any of the three, could it be in the Europa league by, well, one of them will be, um, but any of them could be uh, by, by the end of the day tomorrow. Um, a wild so, setup uh for for these games
1: so who you got then in that that one o'clock tomorrow or three o'clock your time i guess in leipzig yeah. united
0: so i don't think I think it'll be I think it'll be a very close game i don't think I don't think that United will be able to exploit leipzig the same way that they did um but i think we've also seen that leipzig i mean they just played Bayern and and it was very open you know three three so i i don't know i think that i think it could turn into a it could turn into a bit of a shootout um i don't know if it'll be three three but i think i think we'll see i think we'll see plenty of goals and um but i don't know if i uh, i'm not sure i, I uh, I could go out on you know what I'll go out on a limb just just for just for Fernie's amusement and I'm gonna say Leipzig win and uh, <laughs> them and PSG go through and United are are into the Europa League but it's only because of all the all the mess he talks on on Twitter <laughs> he about the say, Europa League. say
1: we'll feast, so yeah. Oh boy.
0: Oh no. Yeah. What do you what do you think? after that heavy defeat that, that Leipzig uh, suffered at the hands of United, do you think Nagelsmann can figure, figure it out or. I mean, I, you know, I think.
1: I, I, I don't think Minorola did any good trying to destabilize Paul Pogba this week in the, <laughs> and Manchester United in general um, on the eve of a, Pivotal clash in Europe, so yeah. maybe that, maybe that is uh, a distraction that will yeah. prove too much. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading really too much into it, but it's always funny when things like that come out on the eve of huge games. Yeah. Um. So, I I really think either one could could go through. Um, I'll I'll just go Leipzig. Just I'll pick the I'll pick Nagelsmann. But as we know, Uh, Ole is the hipster killer. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's see.
0: <laughs> yeah Yeah he uh Are they at Old Trafford
1: Not that I don't know
0: Cause that actually informs my decision Quite a bit Uh They are no they're in They're in Germany mm-hmm. Um, Cause if they were at Old Trafford Then I'd say Leipzig 100% Uh um,
1: Which is so bizarre <laughs> Like that that is why You would say
0: Yeah, yeah. win. Yeah.
1: Um but we will well, see it's going to be a good one.
0: Yeah, it really will. And uh, I I think uh as we watch tomorrow and Wednesday play out, I think there are going to be some um some very big clubs that are very unhappy by the <laughs> by the end of the day. Um briefly briefly speaking on the Europa League because I think overall there's there's less storylines um going on, but we we did mention Sociedad um in in that group with with Napoli um Napoli lead the group on 10 points Sociedad second with eight level on points with Azed Alkmar um I mean another one where at the end of the day like any of these teams could could be could be through um okay. and uh all kind of I think Napoli obviously come into this one in the best in the best form um, domestically, Uh, but Sociedad and Alkmaar. And it's always interesting to see how the Air Divisie clubs uh, like stack up Mm -hmm. and it's good to see AZ like like hang with these teams, at least up to this point.
1: Yeah, indeed. I mean. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, I guess advertisement for for the editors. I think people forget about that league, <laughs> but there is talent to be found there for sure.
0: Um, and then a couple of other shout-outs just to some I would say unlikely group leaders. Uh, Lille, top mm. of the group so far. Um, Milan. Uh, uh, you know they're ahead of Milan, and then Celtic just absolutely. I don't know what is going on. I'll take
1: in Europe, man. Like does the fact that they are so bad in Europe tell you a lot about the Scottish league or is that, is that harsh?
0: Well, I think it's interesting because if I'm not mistaken, Rangers are also in the, in the, in Europa league and they're top of a group that has Benfica in it. So I'm just like, you know, like
1: how do we even feel? Yeah. Well, I mean, Stevie G at the helm.
0: Yeah. And Rangers like twelve points clear at the top of of the Scottish Premier League, so yeah, uh, <laughs> Shit. yeah, they're he's doing the business right now with uh, with the blue side of of Glasgow. But um, the only other thing I wanted to shout out was Royal Antwerp. Royal Antwerp top of the group over Tottenham and hey. Lask uh, have an outside chance. Of hit of at least getting level with Tottenham on points, although I think their goal difference is so bad that they would have to score something like eleven goals or something like that to, um, <laughs> yeah. to equal. But yeah, um, Royal Antwerp four four wins and a loss uh, in in five Europa League games. The the Belgian side just performing quite well, and that win, or you know, one of those wins came over Tottenham. So. That's yeah. Um, showing themselves, uh, in Europe, but that, uh, that about rounds up the, the Europa league interest just because so many the, there's so many teams that are kind of out of sight. Um, Arsenal being one of them, you do not have to worry about, about going out of the Europa league or anything like that.
1: Uh, Oh, yay. Well
0: out of sight at the top of the table. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, other than that, um I guess Mika, it's time for our our additions to our Sounds of the Season Spotify playlist. So I'm really interested in the vibe of of this of this uh week's additions.
1: Oh, my vibe is just pain. Like <laughs> pain and anger, like <laughs> rage. Um I've gone with two songs this week. One, the first one being Error Operator by Taking Back Sunday. Um, I mean, the chorus is just a refrain over and over. We can't go back. That's all he's saying in the chorus (laughs) over and over. Um, It's uh, Some might know this song from the, I think it was the Fantastic Four soundtrack that it was on. Um, They wrote the song especially for the movie. Um, but it's actually a really good song.
0: I I, I did not realize that.
1: Yeah. I've been they listening did to the
0: song for a long time and I had <laughs> no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I'm not just making that up, but yeah, I believe it was written for the movie. Um, but, uh, just a good song, a uh, good band. And the other one that I've gone with is, is just my vibe towards the Darby in general is, uh, the undertaker's thirst for revenge is unquenchable by Chiodo. So I would love to just beat the brakes off Burnley just in, <laughs> re, in reaction to what happened. I mean, it doesn't take away having lost the North London Derby, but it would be nice to just bounce back finally. Um, but we'll see.
0: Catharsis what about you? is what you, that's what you're exactly. looking for. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Um, yeah, this week uh, I was inspired by the by the Darbies, I guess, uh, in in theme. Um, so the first uh, is a song by a band called Bless the Fall, which that um, Bless the Fall kind of is the vibe of a few teams that maybe aren't at the heights uh, that they that they aspire to be at, but um, their their song uh, "Keep Me Close," which is a it. it it's pretty new. I think it's off an album that came out in like maybe twenty seventeen or twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um called Hard to Feel Hard Feelings. Um but yeah, so keep me close. Uh it's just uh it's a banger. Um and uh and then to go with the Darby theme, uh Neighbors, uh by a band called The Plot in You. Um so, yeah, just about the uh proximity of of uh some of these things, but yeah, the 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 plot in definitely a little bit on the heavier side, Bless of All has some, you know, melodic elements uh to them, but yeah. Uh just a couple of kind of on the nose references to Darby opponents, I guess.
1: <laughs> i like it yeah i haven't heard that song by the plot in you but the "Blessed fall one is, is definitely a good one yeah um but we've got a healthy little playlist here nearly three hours of content so if mm. you're if you haven't gotten enough of us rambling yeah. go listen to the playlist too
0: we <laughs> love to see it all right well i think that about does it for us mika so we're uh yeah you can as i said at the at the top of the episode be sure to to like follow subscribe whatever the options are on uh on your podcast platform of choice and uh, you can follow us on twitter at hxc football um you can also uh yeah just you know we we really enjoy like getting the questions and really engaging with you guys on there It's, it's always fun Um, just to talk about everything going on around Europe and there is plenty as is as is showcased here so um, hopefully you guys enjoyed and uh, we'll see you uh, see you next time
1: peace